and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and I am here with the Deacon of Youths, uh, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? And my pastoral assistant, Kevin Knorr. Hey, guys. And if you didn't know, this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus and the everyday normal rhythms of life. And one of the avenues that we are trying to push this year is what we call Theology for Everyone. That we want everyone to have a solid biblical worldview. We want everyone to have a thorough understanding of the scriptures, what God says about himself, what God says about us, what God says about salvation. And one of the best ways to do this, and it's been historically proven, is to work through um, confessions of faith or um, catechisms, small systematic theologies that have been written by um, trusted biblical scholars and they just kind of cover um, just about everything that's in, that's in the scriptures, right? And they, they systematize it in a way. And we've been working through the Westminster Confession of Faith, one of the best, if not the best, of these small confessions of faith. And right now we find ourselves in chapter 13. We're talking about sanctification. Uh, sanctification is the process that after salvation. So once God regenerates us, I mean, you could, you could say that everything is salvation, you know, that salvation is beginning to end. It ends in glory, you know, it begins in effectual calling and predestination and it ends in glorification and sanctification is a part of that salvation. Uh, but salvation, but sanctification happens after we're regenerate, right? We, we, um, we've been given a new heart by God. We've been given a new spirit. We've Given, been given faith, we turn from our, our sins and embrace Jesus Christ by faith, and we are justified in that moment, right? And then we begin this lifelong process of progressive sanctification, okay? And that's where we're at. So we're at Article 2, and uh, they go on to say this, this sanctification is throughout in the whole man, yet imperfect in this life. There, imp- there abideth still some remains of corruption in every part. Whence ariseth a continual and irreconcilable war, the flesh lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Okay. So here we see the great problem of sanctification, okay? Let's, let's just read it again. This, this sanctification is throughout in the whole man, okay? This means we are being sanctified in our minds, the ways that we think, that the, the noetic, this is a theological term, the noetic effects of the, the fall affect how we know things. Our thinking. Our thinking is infected with sin and therefore imperfect, mm-hmm. right? We, um, we think sinful thoughts. Our hearts, our feelings, our affections, our desires, we want sinful things, right? Mm-hmm. We envy somebody else. Mm-hmm. We get jealous. We lust. Um, sin is affecting all of these parts. And then in our will, like what we choose, what we decide to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just straight up decide to do sinful things, okay? 
So our whole self, mind, heart, body, is infected by sin and affected by sin, okay? And sanctification is working in the whole self, mm -hmm. in our mind, in our hearts, and in our will, in our, in our bodies, okay? Okay, so if, if it's the first question people ask was, okay, well, if God is sanctifying me, can I be perfect in this life? And this is a famous question that I answered when I was 20 years old and just came to faith, and I said, yes! I think I can be perfect. God's going to make me perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to, in certain areas that I could be sinless and not sin. Um, I did not have an accurate understanding of sin or of myself. Um, so it says this, this sanctification is throughout in the whole man, yet imperfect in this life. So we will never reach perfection. We will never reach full holiness in this life. But we're always striving to look more like Christ, though, yes. right? Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. There abideth still some remnants of corruption in every part. Now, that's interesting because some people think because they're Christians and they're pretty nice people that now they can trust their heart. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I don't have a biblical worldview in my, I don't really know that much scripture and everything. So I know I have sin in my mind and, and I don't really do the right th thing all the time. But in my heart, I'm pretty sure that my heart is sanctified and it's like almost perfect. Mm. Nope, it's not. You should not trust your heart. And some people think, you know what? I've studied theology for so many years and I've got a PhD and I've got this and that and the other thing and I've got all my I's dotted and all, and all my T's crossed and I know everything about everything. And so I'm pretty sure my theology is just dead, dead on. Mm. Nope, it's probably not. You're thinking, it's still in your thinking, there still remains, abideth still some remnants of corruption in every part. So how, what does it look like for somebody to decide, like, what is truly their heart and what is God? Because a lot of people are always saying, well, God told me this, it's in my heart. Yeah, well, that's a lie. Mm. Well, first off, I'll just tell you, if God told you something and it's not in Scripture, yeah. do not trust it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't trust it. Um, now, if he told you something that's in line with scripture and then you've presented it to your elders and your elders are in agreement with you, then yeah, more than likely that's, that's the case. But I, you know how many times people have told me that God told them to marry an unbeliever, mm. somebody they were already sleeping with. <laughs> I'm like, no, he didn't. You're lying about God right now. God told me that I didn't have to pay my tithes. No, he didn't. Mm. You're lying. You're greedy. You don't want to pay tithes, so that's what you're choosing to do, right? right. God told me, whatever, mm -hmm. to take this super lucrative job offer somewhere away that they don't have any church community, they don't have anything. I'm like, no, I doubt it. And they end up coming back, huh? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Not always. Sometimes they don't come back. Um, but most people don't understand the Bible, and so when they say, God told me something, sometimes they don't even think that it's a sin when mm -hmm. it's clearly a sin. And so for them, they think, oh, yeah, I could just use this card God told me. And listen, I don't use, I don't say that. I never say that. Unless it's from the Bible, that's the only time I say that. Mm -hmm. I don't say God told me because I had a dream or because I thought or because I really wanted or because I think it's the right thing to do. I say God told me when his word tells me. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's, that's what I good. Say. So. Yeah. so there still remains corruption in every part. So this means we should we should always have a little bit of suspicion 
healthy suspicion in regards to ourself. Mm. We should say things like, maybe I'm not thinking clearly here. Mm -hmm. Could you help me? Could you listen to me? Maybe my feelings aren't correct here. Could you listen to this and tell me if what? I don't, I'm not sure if this is the right decision. Could you help me? Could you see this? We should, Christians should have that kind of disposition, yeah. right? That's Health, the importance of community, right? That's so important for yeah. community. Yeah, so important for community. Yeah. Okay, so now here's the problem. Because God is wanting to sanctify every part of us, right? Our whole self. And our whole self, there still remains sin mm-hmm. in. There ariseth a continual and irreconcilable war. Mm-hmm. There is a Christian and a jihadist inside every one of us. There is a Christian and a secularist inside every one of us. There is a sinner and a saint inside every one of us. And between us, there's an irreconcilable war, fighting all the time. It's just like that spiritual warfare that a lot of people talk about. Because mm-hmm. um, some people are thinking, you know, as soon as I become a Christian, like, only I only get God thoughts. Mm. But it's spiritual warfare is what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Listen, the devil, why would the devil tempt sinners? He's got no reason to tempt sinners. They're already sinners. Yeah. He's wanting mm-hmm. to tempt saints. Yeah. Right. He's wanting to trip us up. Right. So we are now, once you become a Christian, you're now, you've been drafted into a war. Yeah. A war, an internal war, Mm. your flesh versus your spirit, and then an external war as well yourself versus Satan and the enemy of darkness. You're in the kingdom of light now and the kingdom of darkness. They're at war in this world. Right. And so you are in a war, an irreconcilable war. So irreconcilable means there's no peace treaties. Yeah. There's no ceasefires. Right. This war is constant until Jesus comes back and the blood of his enemies run in the streets so deep that they reach the the height of a bridle on a horse. That's what Revelation yeah. says. Mm. Jesus is the one that's going to finish the war. Yeah. Until Jesus comes back, we're at war in ourselves and we're at war in our world. Mm-hmm. Okay? The flesh lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So this is one of the most difficult parts of being a Christian. Yeah. I've mentioned it many times that I was at a, I was at a conference and John Piper, they asked John Piper, what's the, what causes you to doubt the goodness of the Lord more than anything else? And he said, the painful slowness of my own sanctification. Like I'm just not, I'm not near as much like Jesus as I thought I would be like Jesus at this age. And the reality is painful because the closer you get to Jesus, the more you can see your imperfections. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you walk into a room you know what I mean? And you like look at a mirror across the way and you, you can see yourself and you're like, ah, I look pretty good today. Yeah. But then you walk up to that mirror and you, you can see some imperfections. But then if you could turn on one of those cosmetic mirrors with them crazy headlights 
and they shine on your face. You can see all kind of stuff. And then there's even like things that get down into your pores and they can see mm. your pore. So the closer you get, the more light, the more intensity you, you, you get to, your, to, your, to that light and to yourself, yeah. the greater you see your imperfections. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so that's the way it is with God. The more you know his word, the more imperfections you're going to see. The more you get into his holiness, the more you're going to realize your unholiness, mm. right? And now, that well, that sounds very depressing. Yeah, except for the gospel. Yeah. Because the gospel tells us that we're worse than we ever thought possible. We're more loved than we could ever imagine. Yeah. That God knew we were this bad before he died on the cross for us, mm. right? And so we don't put our hope in our sanctification. Our hope is in our justification. Yeah, our good. hope is in the work that Jesus did on the cross for us. <clears throat> you want us to keep going, Kevin? Yeah. And that next one? Keep Why don't going. you go ahead and read it for us? Sure. Article 3. In which war, although the remaining corruption for a time may much prevail... Yet through the continual supply of strength from the sanctifying spirit of Christ, the regenerate part doth overcome, and so the saints mm. grow in grace, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Praise God. Yeah. So that, if the last one was the bad news, this article is the good news. Yeah. So, we're in a war, and the re remaining corruption, that means our indwelling sin, for a time may much prevail. So, we're struggling with sin. Mm -hmm. St. Augustine said, St. Augustine came to faith later in life. He was, he, had, he, he loved sex. He had sex out of sight of, of wedlock. He had a woman that he loved to sleep around with. He was the one that famously said, oh, how did he say it? He said, Lord, um, something like give me purity, but not yet. Mm. You know, like something, something I, that that might be. Or seemed like a, he knew where he was at. Yeah, though. yeah. <laughs> give me holiness, but not yet. Like, and then um, God overcame his kind of reluctance and saved him and sanctified him and provide um, strength. So there's. So in which war, although the remaining corruption for a time may much prevail. Oh yeah. So Augustine would say, Augustine went on to say that God will allow people to fall into sexual sin to keep them from greater sin. Mm. Wow. Indeed. Because one of the most damning sins, the most dangerous sins, I've heard it called the carbon monoxide of the soul is pride. Mm. The sin that looks down on other people, but it's hard to look down on other people when if you're having sex. Yeah, yeah. You're sleeping with somebody <laughs> you're else. You're focused. Or, or even now, you're falling into temptation of pornography, or you're failing with lust. If you're sinning, then God might literally be allowing you to do that to keep you from greater sins, this this the sin of pride, because that lust demands that you do, that you rely on Jesus Christ. You're continually returning to his throne of grace and saying, Lord, I am a sinner and I screwed up again and I can't believe I did it and help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. Mm. Where, where pseudo-holiness would see themselves as not needing the grace of God anymore because they're so good, mm. yeah. right? 
Okay, so, so this remaining corruption for a time may much prevail. So I know many Christians that struggle with temptations, struggle with addictions, all kind of addictions. And this is a difficulty that like, man, it seems like it's winning. It seems like my flesh is winning. It seems like Satan's winning. Mm. Well, the Westminster Divines encourage us to say, yeah, the remaining corruption for a time may much prevail. Mm. Yet, through the continual supply of strength from the sanctifying Preach. spirit of Christ. Yeah. Look at that. Continual supply of strength. Jesus never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Yeah. Yeah. So we're struggling. We're sinning. We're failing. And yet Jesus continually supplies strength to us from the sanctifying spirit of Christ. He is 100% committed to making us like himself, yeah. mm. to sanctifying us, to making us more holy. The regenerate part, so that means our good nature, our holy nature, the nature that's been reborn in the, in the image of Christ, yeah. doth, will, overcome. So the Christ in you will not fail. Right. The new you, the born again you, you cannot outsin the born again you. The yeah. born again you is tapped in because that's Christ in you, the hope of glory, and Christ cannot fail. Yeah. And so he guarantees, right, that he will overcome in you. And so the saints grow in grace, continually growing, continually taking on the image of Jesus, continually being sanctified, continually pursuing holiness, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Yeah. Right? And Jesus himself will deliver us fully sanctified to the throne of his great Father God, and then God will glorify us in the yep. new heavens and the new earth. That's so Amen. good. It's so good, right? Man. So this is why we study old dead theologians, man. Like yeah. people, you know, Joel Osteen ain't talking about this stuff. No. He's a false prophet. Yep. You know, Stephen Furtick ain't talking about this stuff because he's a false prophet. You need to go, we need to go back to some old stuff like the Westminster Confession of Faith to hear this kind of thing. And we need to preach it to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Because we too often are tempted to look at our own sanctification and try to decipher if we're really justified, if we're really Christians. Mm. Like, how well am I doing? You know, instead of going to our justification to remind us that, hey, we're saved, we are in Christ, and yet Jesus is at war with us right now. Yeah. Yeah. Or literally, he's at war. There's thing, and this is the great, one of the greatest analogies I've ever I've ever heard of this sanctifying reality is C.S. Lewis and the last few chapters of um oh, oh my gosh. The what's Lewis's most famous book? Oh my goodness. Christianity. Mere Christianity. Goodness gracious. The last few chapters of Mere Christianity, he talks about this. He says this, imagine yourself as a living house. Mm. There's some things about you that you know need fixing. Oh yeah, you got that toilet that won't flush. You got that roof that leaks. And so, justification, regeneration is us inviting Jesus into our house to fix those things that we know need fixed, mm. right? 
oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I got this lust problem. Yeah, I got this greed problem. I got this, you know, I got this problem. So, okay, Jesus, I, I believe in you. Come in and save me from those things. Jesus comes in with his tool belt, mm. right? And all of a sudden, Jesus starts ripping out walls. Yes. He got all the right tools. He's got all the right tools. <laughs> he got all the right tools. He's got different blueprints than we had. For sure. We're like, wait, wait, wait. We called you to fix the roof. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. You can't see it yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what he's doing, but so, so, but we didn't realize our foundation was faulty. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to dig down in the basement. He's tearing stuff up in the basement. We're like, what is he doing down there? We hired him to fix the roof. Mm. He's tearing out the basement. Then all of a sudden, he's busting out the, 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 back, the back wall. What is he doing? He's putting on an addition. Oh, he's stretching it out. He's stretching it out. He's putting on an addition. And Lewis says, we think of ourselves as some little cottage that just needs a little help here and there, that God needs to come in and just help us and, mm. and fix a couple things. But God intends to make us into a mansion yeah. that he himself can come in and dwell. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. So when he comes in, he's got all kind of different plans for us than we have for ourselves. Yeah. Right? And so you'll, he'll, you'll invite him in, and that anger problem that you got, the reason you brought him in, he, oh, might, Lord. he might not touch <laughs> on that anger problem for a while. He might go to your pride. Mm. He might go to your money problem. He might go to the reason why you don't let anybody in in community. He might go to all these different things before he actually gets to your anger problem. Yeah. yeah. Right? And we, we were like, what are you doing, Lord? What are you doing? Well, we got to trust him. Mm. Yeah. We got to trust him. He knows what he's doing. Right? Yeah. It's a beautiful picture. So, all right. So that is the Westminster Confession of Faith on sanctification. We hope this was an encouragement to you. We hope it was a blessing. Um, if you have any questions on that, please email me, justindeen at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. Mm-hmm.